This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to The Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio. I'm your host, Brock Richardson, and we will hear from Cam Jenkins and Josh Watson in just a minute. We want to address the tragedy that took place in Texas of a mass shooting where 19 students and two staff were killed. This hits very close to home for me because I personally have four members of my family who are in the school systems in either the U.S. or Canada, including my very own fiance, Megan. School is supposed to be a place where our future generations learn the fundamentals. This was taken away from them on this day. And unfortunately, this is something that should not happen and should never happen again now or in the future. I'm joined and I'm alongside Josh Watson and Cam Jenkins. And Josh, I will let you give your thoughts. The events this week and into last week with the shooting in Buffalo are an absolute tragedy. But in my opinion, they are also preventable. We have to get to a point in both our countries where we can actually have meaningful gun control while still giving people that wish to have guns legal. School is supposed to be a safe place. I have three nephews and another nephew or niece on the way very soon, as well as a sister-in-law who work in the school system here in Canada. And I cannot imagine the heartbreak is far too frequently in our day and age. We must act. The time for thoughts and prayers is over. The time for action is now. Cam? It's, it's, you can't rent a car until you're 25 in the States. You can't go to a casino until you're 21. You can't book a hotel room until you're 21 and you cannot drink until you're 21. But yet, you can celebrate your 18th birthday by buying an AR-15 with bullets and tactical gear. It is so unfortunate that this happened, and so many children's lives are gone. It is so wrong that it is a right in the United States of America to bear a gun. Yet it's a privilege that if you get shot by that gun, to be able to go to the healthcare system and possibly you go in debt by going to the hospital and having to pay to get better. And what's most unfortunate is the police, they didn't even go in the building. I believe it was for an hour because they were too scared to go in because of the person that had an AR-15. Don't you think something is wrong where the police are too scared to go into the building because of the type of weapon that the child or the 18-year-old has? I think right there that shows that this weapon should be banned. And I really hope that 
the United States Senate, which has a bill that's been sitting on the floor for about a year or two from the research that I did, that they can pass this law and get a lot of the guns banned. As I said earlier, under no circumstance is this ever okay and should this never happen again. These are our children of the future and they are supposed to be in school and be able to grow as people. And this was taken away from them on that tragic day. I just want to say on behalf of everyone in the neutral zone, including Claire Buchanan, we at the neutral zone stand with the individuals, the families, and everyone else involved. And we hope that there becomes to be a resolution very quickly. We understand that we are a sports program, but there are some things that just have to be acknowledged. And now it's time to get into our headlines for this week. The Professional Women's Hockey Players Association has an agreement with two major companies involved in the Los Angeles sporting scene to explore starting a pro women's hockey league. It's great that uh, women's hockey is getting its uh, due service. Um, it is unfortunate, though, that the two leagues couldn't come together because by the two leagues coming together, um, they could have ended an opportunity to be able to be with the NHL. So. Um, it's great that they have a league, but it's unfortunate that they can't be affiliated with the NHL. Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Mark Giordano has signed a two-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs of an annual salary of 800000 I have a simple response. I love this signing. However, if I'm speaking directly to the brass that is the Toronto Maple Leafs, this man took a hometown discount of possibly 200 to 300,000 to be able to allow for more players to be on this team. So don't take that for granted and do your jobs. The Canadian Football League thought that they had a tentative collective bargaining agreement last week. However, the players voted no on that agreement. As of right now, we are not sure where this is going to lead. However, there has, as of last night, been an update to this story. The CFL and the CFLPA have agreed on a new tentative agreement as of late last evening. According to sources, CFL teams will have seven Canadian starters and 21 in total on rosters this year. In 2023, that number increases to eight, with one being what will be called a nationalized Canadian an American who has spent either five years in the CFL or at least three with the same team. Clubs will also have the option to rotate two nationalized Canadians for up to 49% of the snaps. Teams can move to three nationalized Canadians in 2024, but the two franchises that play the most Canadians at the end of the season will receive an additional second round draft picks. Additionally, the CFL will provide $1.225 million in a ratification pool for players. The salary cap this year will remain at $5.35 million and will increase to $5.51 million in 2023 and increase to $5.99 million by 2028. 
This is wonderful news for the CFL. It brings some stability and some closure to these labor negotiations. The CFL preseason starts tonight, so let's play some football. The Toronto Raptors star Pascal Siakam was selected to the All-NBA third team the second time he has been named an All-NBA player in his career. Siakam dominated in all areas of the floor, averaging 22.8 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, and 5.3 assists. It's great to see that Siakam, uh, you know, was able to um, get back to his old form uh, because I know he had a bit of a bad go of it with injuries and then uh, being in the bubble uh, and then having a shortened season. Um, it has been very hard for Pascal Siakam, but it looks like Spicy P is back and I think you're going to see his best season uh, be his next season. Those are your headlines for this week. Let's check in on our Twitter poll. Last week's question was, who do you think will win the Battle of Alberta in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, 92% of you said Calgary, and only 8% of you said Edmonton. Congratulations to to those 8%, as you were correct. Edmonton did win the Battle of Alberta, which we will talk in depth a bit later on in the program. This week's question was, or is, I should say, have you been watching the World Hockey Championships? Yes, no, I didn't even know it was on. Cast your votes at our Twitter handles, which will be given out in a bit on the program. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some para sports events that have happened and ones that will be coming up this weekend. Stay tuned for that conversation and much more on The Neutral Zone. We'll be right back. I'm Scottish, I'm Steve. And welcome back to the Neutral Zone AMI broadcast booth. And we are set to get this ball game underway. The first pitch brought to you by Brock Richardson's Twitter account at NeutralZoneBR. First pitch, strike. And hey, gang, why not strike up a Twitter chat with Claire Buchanan for the Neutral Zone? Find her at NeutralZoneCB. And there's a swing and a chopper out to second base right at Claire. She picks up the ball, throws it over to first base for a routine out. And fans, there is nothing routine about connecting with Cam and Josh from the Neutral Zone. At Neutral Zone, Cam J and at J Watson 200. Now that's a winning combination. And this organ interlude is brought to you by AMI Audio on Twitter. Get in touch with the Neutral Zone. Type in at AMI Audio. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio. I'm your host, Brock Richardson, alongside Cam Jenkins and Josh Watson. As we mentioned last week, the uh, Canadian Para-Ice Hockey Championships took place in Leduc, Alberta. And for the first time in four years, the gold medal went to another team other than Alberta. This time it went to Quebec in a 2-1 to shootout victory. So congratulations to them, and it's always cool to kind of break a streak of a team that's been winning. So I'm sure that felt even more special. Uh, Third place went to Ontario with a 6-2 victory over Manitoba. So congratulations to them as well. We had the opportunity, Cameron and I, a couple of years ago to do uh, 
one of those championships the final day and i always thought that it was good we had um um nico and uh brett wills and cameron doing the play-by-play and it was fun i have fond memories of that day which i learned was in uh 2019 which seems like so long ago with everything that's gone on um in the world between then and now i was a little disappointed uh gentlemen in the uh quality of uh the broadcast um i wasn't necessarily expecting a commentator commentator however i was expecting to sort of hear the um noise of the venue to get kind of the feel of the game and i didn't get that and for individuals who are blind and partially sighted that would be tough to follow in uh watching when you don't have any uh concept of where things are on the ice and so uh having just even the audio might be a little more helpful because at least maybe you'd know by cheering whether there was a goal or not uh with silence i was a little bit uh disappointed any quick thoughts from either of you on this event josh you know what? It's a, a fun event. I remember going to the 2019 championship as a spectator. Uh, Brett actually invited me to come down because he was going to be working. So I did get a chance to see you gentlemen in action and kind of spurred my interest in getting involved with the neutral zone. Uh, obviously, congratulations to Team Quebec on their win over Alberta. Alberta has been a juggernaut, if you want to say, in this event in the past. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't congratulate Team Ontario, who many of us know uh, players on that team, as they came in third. So a great weekend all around. And uh, yeah, very exciting. I wish I'd had a little more time to watch some of it, but I uh, I can imagine the uh, level of competition was very high and the results very very interesting yeah i um watched a little bit of it myself and yes uh it was a little bit disappointing uh, with the coverage that was there however um it gets to a point where should we be happy that there was coverage at all because even a couple of years ago there was absolutely no coverage or should we expect that it's going to be good coverage when it is on? Um, so that's kind of always the struggle that I think about, uh, you know, now that a lot of para um, competitions are happening and, uh, you know, more and more of them are being uh, put on uh, YouTube as an example. Um, as to the tournament itself, uh, it was nice to see somebody other than Alberta kind of come through uh, with the win. Uh, Quebec, it's very much an up-and-coming team. They are very quick. Uh, they're very fast to get in on the forecheck as well. And uh, as Josh mentioned, um, we know a lot of the Ontario players, and Ontario is a young team. Um, so it was nice to see them get the bronze. And I think with a couple of years of playing together uh, with such a young team, I think you're going to see them uh, do not, you know a lot better uh, than bronze and possibly go for the gold within the next couple of years as well. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah, as I said, I uh, did did follow it. And Cameron, to your point, 
I'm I'm not sure that I you know I'm that bothered about the coverage. I do understand having Nico Cardarelli as our friend of the program. I understand how challenging it is to to put these things on uh YouTube just from a good quality. So the fact that it is on is a good thing when you consider as you mentioned that a few years ago it wasn't on at all. Um but as people of of this network um blind and low vision it, it would be challenging to follow something with you know zero sound and uh zero commentary so i do think we're moving in in the appropriate direction but uh there is obviously still room to grow uh speaking of another event that took place uh one josh watson did another uh competition in windsor ontario this time and two weekends in a row he did a competition, and I got a picture from Josh. Um, he, actually, he was the first one that uh, warned me of the weather uh, because you, you sent me a picture, and it was, like, raining, and I'm thinking, okay, that's in Windsor. That's that's a long way away. Hopefully, it dries up for your competition. All good. Then I got a, then I got a message from my friend in, in Strathroy who I was visiting, and she said, oh, it's, like, pitch dark out here it's like 9 p.m you know be be safe when you're driving out and uh uh, yeah that'll blow by and then i was coming out of shoppers (laughs) shoppers drug man i looked up and i went oh it Uh looks like nighttime out here yes i now know what everyone is talking about so uh i do hope that everyone was uh safe and where they were and during that weather but Let's chat about your competition. Aside from the rain, how did it go? Well, we actually lucked out. The rain started sometime around 8 or 9 in the morning. We got to the track about 10.30. And by 11 o'clock, the rain had stopped. And it actually ended up being a pretty beautiful day. So we, we really lucked out in that regard. Um, the competition itself was very, very well done. Uh, it is a competition called the Johnny Loring Classic, which is put on at least partially by the University of Windsor Athletics Club, which is a, a very strong athletics club in the province, and held at the University of Windsor Alumni Stadium, which is one of my favorite venues to throw at. The competition itself went okay. It didn't quite go as well as the uh, the meet here in the city, uh, the Ontario Parasport Games. But overall, I was was pretty satisfied. In the discus competition, I ended up with a throw of 12.01 meters, which is below my personal best. But considering that it was the first meet on the road and things of that nature, it was a pretty decent throw, pretty close to where I was at before. And when it came to shot put, I ended up with a 5.75 meter throw, which again is a little bit lower than last week. But under the circumstances, knowing that I'm still learning how to get back into these events after a couple of years off, I was pretty satisfied overall. And we had a number of athletes that joined us and at least one Canadian record that was set that I'm aware of. So it was a a good day all around for myself and my team. So very happy. Very cool. 
Congratulations. I uh, I was very worried for you when I first got that rain picture. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Is he going to be drowning while throwing, you know, uh, well, his events? But it seemed to all work out. It did. And let's just say I've never packed a car faster in my life. <laughs> yes. It's like your own version of Amazing Race. Uh, let's pretty get much. In the pretty car much. Before... Yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah, totally. Um, and there's like zero organization to the packing. It's just like throw everything know, in the car like, and we'll deal with it later. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just make sure that whatever you need, you can reach. At 100%. Um, well, uh, those aren't the only events that are that have <laughs> taken place and ones that will be, will be taking place uh, this weekend. And for those of you that don't know, and I'm going to put this in quotes now, and you'll find out why in a second. But I retired actually today, two years ago, so May 27th. I put out my uh, retirement announcement, and I said that I would not be competing with the national team anymore uh, from that point. My last event was uh, November of 2018, and then I took some time and, and decided that it was time to retire. Then a couple of months ago, I, uh, my fiance turned to me and she said, have you ever thought about going back to Bocce just provincially? And I said, uh, no. And so I have actually decided to go back to Bocce this coming Sunday um, at a regional event. And I'll be doing that at Boyle Community Center uh, in London, Ontario. For those of you that are in the area, come check it out. And uh, it'll be a great event. So it sounds like maybe your uh, fiance wants you out of the house, and maybe that's why she asked <laughs> if you wanted to go back to Bocce. <laughs> well, the I, funny thing, of, the, I would agree with that, Cameron. Except that I'm pretty sure she has to go with him. So, not uh, quite sure about that one. I, I, yes, you took the words right out of my mouth. She uh, will be my sports assistant, so she will be handing me my equipment during the day. So that's not entirely the reason why, but uh, yeah, there's um, there's an interesting story about why my father is still the coach of the uh, provincial team and also an assistant coach for the national program. And he was in Brazil recently with the national team. And there was a running joke within my family that he uh, was taking pictures with his sons who are his athletes and uh and so it went on social media and i said oh yeah i haven't got a picture from my my father um with my father in like 12 years so maybe eventually i'll get one well my father subsequently sent me a text and said um well if you come to the uh, southwestern regional in london um then i will take a picture with you and i decided okay well i was kind of on the fence and so i'm calling my father's bluff and hopefully there's a picture taken that's not with me when i was like 14 years old that would be appreciated but yeah that's <laughs> that's part of it and also part of it is that i you know miss uh the people and the competition and for me, it's just purely uh, fun this weekend, specifically. So You say that now, but we athletes always 
have a bit of an itch when it comes to these sorts of things. So are you sure you're just going to stay regional? Because I'm not sure I believe you. I'm not sure I believe myself either. <laughs> um, but what I can tell you is that given the opportunities that have been presented to me through AMI over the last, you know, five, six years, it, it does keep me busy. And so, um, you know, th this job keeps me busy. And so for me, for now, it's just going to be recreationally and I'll play regionals, um, um, provincial championships and possibly nationals, not this year, but next year. This year at national championships in London, Ontario, again, I will be commentating the uh, event from that perspective. So I kind of well, came back in at a weird time because I got both sides of it, sides of it going on right now. Yeah. Well, given the uh, help you gave me at the Ontario Parasport Games, I will definitely tune into your commentary because I think that will go a long way to helping me better understand the sport because it's it's quite technical and quite challenging to uh, to follow if you're a novice. So, congratulations. Thank you, and we'll see how how the uh, event goes and whether I can actually hit the little white ball that I'm supposed to this weekend, or if it's like, <laughs> wow, that was really off. <laughs> uh, but I'll report back to, to the you guys in the audience uh, next week, and I'll let you know how things are going to go. Uh, but yeah, check it out uh, this weekend at the uh, Boyle Community Centre in London, Ontario, if you wish to attend. Uh, with that, that is all of the Parasport events that have taken place now and in the future. We're going to switch gears to the Battle of Alberta, crazy game that took place. And there's a little bit of an elephant in the room as well. Stay tuned for that conversation and more next on The Neutral Zone. We'll be right back. You know, I often like to uh, pull back the curtain on some things on the neutral zone. And, and here's an opportunity where I'm going to do it because the guys don't even know that I've done it, but they're going to find out now. So when I first sent out the script, I said, let's talk about the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning have moved on and ho-hum, they're on another path to a Stanley Cup. Because, you know, maybe there'll be a game six on Saturday for Edmonton and Calgary. And maybe it'll just be a calm game, you know, uh, Thursday night. And we won't have much to talk about. Well, I reversed that because there is so much to chat about regarding the Battle of Alberta. And let me catch you up in case you missed it. Uh, Calgary and Edmonton played game five. It was a thrilling uh, game five and there was uh, four goals scored in like a minute and 15 seconds in the second period and a total of seven goals in the second period scored in a, a roughly eight minute span as well it just was a chaotic game uh, and then of course topped off by the one and only forward Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers scoring the overtime winner. There is an elephant in the room, gentlemen, which we're going to chat about. But I just want to know, 
how did you think of the whole series lumping in Game 5 as well, starting with you, Cameron? I think it was a phenomenal series. Uh, you know, like it's the first time in, what, 31 years that um, it was the Battle of Alberta, and it sure made, uh, or sure made up for the 31 years. Um, lots of goals, um, controversial plays, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, McDavid and I think uh, to a lesser extent, Dreisaitl, they both dominated in the uh, series as well. So I think it was a phenomenal battle. Um, you know, I, I don't think the Oilers winning uh, four games to one is indicative of uh, exactly how Calgary played. Um, because with the last game, there is that controversial goal that was called back too. And was it a kicking motion? Was it not a kicking motion? Like this series had absolutely everything at the end of the day. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible to watch. I don't often record sporting events, but I recorded these games because there was just so much action, so many crazy plays and crazy hits and whether it was, you know, Lucic running over Mike Smith and Mike Smith having to leave the game for concussion protocols when he didn't want to, or the the controversial goal in game five, as Cameron said, was it a kicking motion? Was it not? I personally don't think it was, but I think we're going to be getting into that. It was just a wild and crazy series. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I fully expected with the way Calgary played in the regular season that they were going to manage Edmonton just fine. And they did not. So it just shows what a team can do. And when you consider the fact that Drysaddle was basically on one leg due to an ankle injury, if I remember correctly, it's just incredible what they were able to pull off. And I don't think you can underestimate the contribution of former Maple Leaf Zach Hyman to their success in this series. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely correct. And I know... Um through a connection i know their assistant gm whose name is bill last name i'm not sure of um but his name is bill and a friend of mine knows him uh from childhood and he was the one that uh kind of finagled the numbers to make sure that he fits in the cap he's their capologist and so uh him and i've been joking all week of we you should talk to that guy that you know uh signed zach hyman or ripped him away from the Toronto Maple Leafs, whichever way you want to look at this. But uh, <laughs> yes, I agree 100% that Zach Hyman was a uh, pivotal uh, component of this series. And I want to just say, because I said it last week, so I'll just continue with the trend. Uh, 31 years ago, it was a good year. It was 1991. And, <laughs> uh, and that was the last time we saw this uh, battle. And so it lived up to the hype. And it was just great to watch uh, both teams uh, play. And it started with like a 9-6 game uh, for for Calgary. And you, you just thought, what are we getting into? And it, and it definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, let's chat about that elephant in the room that I did discuss. Uh, Blake Coleman, uh, the defenseman, or no, sorry, centerman for the Calgary Flames. 
got the fifth goal called back because there was a distinct kicking motion which would have led them to take the lead. I'm going to lead on this one, and then I'll go to Cameron. I'm going to tell you that, quite honestly, I don't know how it is you could have said that that was a distinct kicking motion. Every time I look at reviews, there has to be overwhelming evidence to determine whether the call gets called back. I personally do not see there being overwhelming evidence on this. I really have no horse in the race. I just liked watching the series. But I think that that was a bit of an interesting call, Cameron, overall. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts, and then we'll switch over to Josh. Well, uh, Brock, I think you need to get your eyes checked because it for sure was a distinct kicking motion at the end of the day. Um, he was going right towards the net, and you could see that he put his foot out and he was able to push that right into the net. And he was saying, oh, I was trying to stop um, to not go right into the net. Like, at what point in time do people not go right into the net, especially during the playoffs? Like, that was such a kicking motion, and it should have been called back. And I'm glad it was, because it was the right call at the end of the day. This is what I love about sports and particularly topics like this, because they, they spark debate. I have a lot of respect for you, Cameron, and your opinions, but I saw this completely differently. I saw this as a guy who was going to the net. He turned and yes, he may have directed the puck into the net, but to my eye, it looked like Coleman's skate was in the net and the kicking motion, if you will, came after the puck had already crossed the goal line and as it was hitting his boot. Again, this is something we can argue until we're blue in the face, but I, I didn't see a kick. I, I remember many years ago. It can ago, be from the side, though. It can be from the side, and he actually he put his or his skate from the side, and then he moved his mm -hmm. foot. It hit the puck, and then the puck went in the net. If that's not a, a side kicking motion, then I don't know what is at the end of the day. And and that's totally fair. I just I remember the controversy back when Dallas won the cup a number of years ago with I believe it was Brett Hall scoring on a redirected shot and that to me was more of a kick than this was but like i said totally respect your opinion i just i don't see it that way and yeah. and i well hold on go Brad. ahead Cameron. i also want to mention that with the brett hull mm -hmm. and that goal being called back i think that was during the time where you weren't allowed in the blue whites you had to be able to be outside the blue ice but i could be wrong yep. but i believe that no was you're right that yeah, so uh, Brett Hull was in the blue ice, so I don't think it really had anything to do with the kicking motion more than being in the blue ice area. Fair. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna place an argument here that's just gonna like I feel like I'm putting a, um, TNT in the middle of our round table and just watching it <laughs> blow up. But it's a nice table. Do, do not for long. Do <laughs> totally. <laughs> Does anybody 
believe that the puck was going in regardless of the directing of the puck because you're allowed to direct it. You're just not allowed to distinctly kick it. And so this is where we're playing finite splitting hairs. Do either of you feel that the puck was going in regardless? I do, absolutely. It absolutely was going in, and that's why when you're at that speed and at that pace, um, I don't think he realized that it was going to go in anyway. Um, And because of that, with the distinct kicking motion, he ended up, the goal was called back. So it's a shame because that goal was going in. Yeah, Yeah. and I guess, I guess, Josh, you can't really play the game of like, well, we think that was going in like that way. I mean, you, you you can't as the ref. I just, I get stuck, Josh, on the distinct kicking motion and that you're allowed to direct it in off your foot. To me, I saw nothing more than that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I felt like the puck was already across the goal line when it hit Coleman's boot and that it was in the net already. And so what does it matter? Uh, But I mean, obviously the referees saw it differently and apparently so does Cameron. Uh, I did see a note from our, our other esteemed colleague, Claire, who uh, chimed in. She says she thinks that it was going in too. So I guess we're all in agreement about the puck was going to go in the net. It's just now a question of, do we believe that the puck was directed in or kicked in? That's, that's where we're splitting the hair apparently. And, and can you, and can you really as referees on ice? And I don't believe this is the case. Can you come and say, we anticipated that to be going in regardless. And they'd have to come up with some, you know, much more professional thing than what I just said, obviously, but, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, can you make that? I don't think you can. So then we go back to if everybody feels that that's that that was going in the net, and maybe the refs did or they didn't. Then we roll back to was it definitive enough to overturn? And I don't know if it was, given that it was going back into the net. Uh, before we take the break, unless either of you want to chime in anymore, but can we move on? Sure. Yeah. Uh, When we get into those arguments, sometimes I feel like I'm rushing through and then somebody, you know, might want to bite my head off or something. Um, (laughs) Let's chat quickly. Uh, Not that vicious. It's just a light bite anyways. It's not not too bad. Um, Let's chat a little bit about the Tampa Bay Lightning and what they're doing. Uh, Thoughts on this? Uh, Josh, why don't you kick us off? You know what? Based on the way Tampa played against Toronto, I was not really surprised that they won. Uh, I'm a person that likes to root for underdogs, so I was rooting for Florida in that series. But Tampa just really seemed to have the the knowledge and the experience to just cruise through that. And so good for them. Uh I hope whomever they end up facing in the next round, either New York or Carolina, can take them down. 
And failing that, whoever they meet in the Stanley Cup final can take them down because I don't necessarily like it when the same teams win year after year, although the team is quite impressive, so it would not surprise me. No, it would not surprise me either. Yeah, with Tampa Bay, um, they totally dismantled the Panthers. And, like, I never want, like, any team that ends up winning the President's Trophy, you can almost put it on the board that they're not going to win the Stanley Cup and be lucky to get out of the first or second round. Like, for having one of the highest offenses, Florida, they only scored three goals against Tampa, and that just goes to show you how good Tampa is. Um, Mm -hmm. so like they stop them defensively. And the great thing about Tampa Bay is that they block a lot of shots too. And that's what you got to do to win games is block a lot of shots and you have to be all in and sacrifice your body. And that's what Tampa Bay does. And they're a hard nosed team. Um, they're very skilled, but they're also very hard nosed and, um, mm-hmm. You know, Florida, I think it's their first time in the playoffs in a little while. So I think it's just a learning curve uh, for them to learn how to win in the playoffs as well. Couldn't agree with you guys more on all of that. I personally, you know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams that you you, you kind of got to respect. You don't got to like it, but you got to respect it. They're doing what mm-hmm. they need to do, and that's uh, respect respectable and either if they play Colorado St. Louis or Calgary it's going to be a good series uh either way and uh, we'll see what happens and I love John Cooper as coach uh coming up next oh sorry I was just going to say Vasilevsky as well um I think you got to give a lot of kudos to Vasilevsky because he has a 981 save percentage uh through that entire series so um, I think he's also a big reason why they were able to stop the offense of the Florida Panthers. Absolutely. I, I again, agree totally. Coming up next, we're going to uh, chat a little bit about Nazim Kadri being in the media and give our thoughts, plus a little bit of the Toronto Blue Jays. Stay tuned for those conversations next on The Neutral Zone. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on this Friday afternoon on AMI-audio. Wherever you're tuned in, we appreciate it, whether it's across the country, on podcast, or on Radio Player Canada, on your mobile device, your TV, wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. And uh, I just want to shout out a few people who've reached out who... um, who gave us um, some thoughts on segment one, and we do appreciate it. Uh, we thought that it was uh, important to to uh, mention, and so thank you for the feedback uh, as we were going through it. Um, let's chat about something that I never liked chatting about. Um, I actually had to look this one up because Nazem Kadri has been in the media. Because after a recent game against the St. Louis Blues, he was the subject of being, quite frankly, bullied uh, online. And the conversation really 
piped up when Nazem Kadri's wife uh, shared some of the posts that were being said, and none of which I will repeat because they are not uh, radio friendly. And I had to look up why Nazem Kadri was uh, being treated this way, and I found the reason. And that was because he ran into Blues goaltender Jordan Binnington, uh, which I don't believe was intentional whatsoever. I think he was trying to stop, but that's a debate for another day. I'm curious from you guys, what do you think about what's gone on with Nazem Kadri? Uh, Josh, start with you. First and foremost, racism of any kind is wrong. We are in 2022. It is about time that we stopped judging people based on the color of their skin or the, 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 the content of, of their background. It's just, it, it's not acceptable anymore. Fans are fans for a reason. Fan is short for fanatic. And sometimes as fanatics, we go over the line. We see goals called back that we we think is a conspiracy against our team. We see players running into our team's players and think, well, that guy just made a dirty hit. When in reality, it was probably a high-speed play that just caused a collision, which ended up injuring a player. In this case, Kadri running into Bennington, it was exacerbated because Bennington is now done for the series due to an injury. You never want to see a player knocked out of a series because of an injury. I personally think that hockey is a violent sport having played it and things happen and that you have to do a lot to convince me that someone does something intentional, unless it's a cross check to a head or other sensitive area, a spear, etc. Unless there's a, a distinct move towards injuring someone. I have a hard time believing that that was the intent. I, I feel for, sorry, Cam, I'm almost done. I, I feel for Bennington, you never want to be knocked out of a series, but for fans to go after Nazem Kadri, I just think is wrong. Yeah, like uh, racism should have no part in any um, facet of uh, sports or organizations. And um, if Nazim if he did it on accidentally on purpose and hit the goalie, well then criticize him for that. Do not criticize him because of uh, his race um, or any other issue. Stick to the actual play and say that he has a history of uh, plays where he ends up getting suspended because of bonehead plays that cost him and his team. You want to go down that line? Absolutely, go down there. But it has nothing to do with his race um, as to why that happened. So, like, just leave that out of the comments and just, like, leave it alone. It's it's not fair to Nazim Kadri. Um, 
for the actual hit itself, yes, it was um, very much uh, because of the goalie end up being out of the series, Bennington, that's what kind of blew it up even more so. And Kadri does have a reputation of not playing uh, fair or nicely or losing his cool and... You know, I think it kind of was accidentally on purpose, but, you know, there a thousand times a goalie can also get run into the net and nothing happens to the goalie, so. Okay, here's the thing. If the organization can acknowledge that this was not done with any intent and the organization who, you could argue, was the offended in this situation if they can acknowledge look this wasn't done on purpose then i think fans need to understand that and be able to move past it if you're mad as cameron eloquently pointed out if you're mad over a hockey play cool have at it that's the definition of fanatic in my opinion be a fanatic But when you cross the line and you bring race or anything like that that has nothing to do with hockey, that's where I have a problem. And I want to speak a little bit about Craig Berube. When Craig Berube, the head coach of the Blues, was first asked, Craig said, no comment. Then he came back and basically apologized for having no comment because He didn't really realize what was going on. He acknowledged he's not on social media. And Craig Berube got a little bit, you know, ridiculed for that because he had no comment. I don't think he wanted to talk about the play. I think he thought that that's where the question came from. I don't think he thought it had anything to do with race at first because I think he was hopeful that It had nothing to do with that. And I think for Craig Berube to stand up and say, I made a mistake, is perfectly admirable. And this has to stop. Fans are allowed to be fans and be fanatics. But when you cross the line, that is too far. That is the end of our program for this week. I would like to thank Josh Watson, Cam Jenkins. I'd also like to thank our technical producer, Sam Robinson. Our technical supervisor is Paula Deneen, and our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you just never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Be well. Be safe.